it's good to see everybody here today. And those that are joining us online, thank you so much. We love you. And um, for those of you that are really just uh, maybe uh, vacationing today, we, we'd love to be with you. And, uh, and, uh, and we just really wish that you have a, a great time. Those of you maybe that aren't feeling well, we're just praying that God touches you today. And that those of you that hear any way that we can serve or, or just uh, pray with you and for you, uh, we would love to do that. We're just really here to serve. And so we're in, really excited about what God does. And, you know, when we get together, there's so many good things that happen when we get together. How many believe that when Christians get together, God shows up, right? And God does good things and God shows himself strong. So we're praying that God shows up today in, in, a, in a great way through the word and the preaching of the word. I just want to encourage you to, to uh, either, you know, um, uh, take notes somehow, whatever way you're going to do it. Maybe you watch later and take notes. And uh, how many know when we really kind of take notes, it puts value on the Word of God? And when we put value on the Word of God, it puts value on our relationship with God. And so I, I just want to encourage you to do that. Well, uh, we're going to jump right into it today. And uh, I'm going to just kind of finish up this one part, actually continue a series that we're doing on serving. And uh, last week we started talking about the ministry of serving. And how many were here last week or heard it online? And so I'm going to just just give you a review. I don't like to give a review normally um, because it kind of usually takes a long time. And I'm like, you know what, just check it out online. Um, but I really feel that just some things need to be uh, repeated so that when we share today, we'll really hear um, God's heart today. Let's turn in Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 2, and uh, we've been kind of singing a little bit around this whole chapter a little bit today and talking about it, but um, in Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to start in verse 5. Uh, later on, we'll jump up to uh, verse 2 through 4, but I'm going to start in verse 5, and we did last week. I'm going to do it this week. How many are ready for the Word? Amen. I love the Word of God. love to hear the Word, and uh, we just hope that we can just share it in a way that you're encouraged in the Lord today. And in verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man, and being found in the fashion, as in fashion, excuse me, as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Aren't you glad today that Jesus, amen, went to the cross and died on the cross. And, and uh, he wasn't buried long, but the Bible says that he rose again, amen, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's coming back. How many believe Jesus is coming back? Amen. And so I'm thankful for that, and I love this scripture. And, and so it really gives us kind of a, a snapshot of the character of Jesus. And so today, um, as we open up, let's pray. And, and we just hope that the word of the Lord just kind of penetrates our heart today and really changes us from the inside out. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are so faithful to us, Lord. When we're not faithful, you are. When we're not committed, you are. And we thank you for your great plan for us and your great love towards us, God. We just, Lord, pray that your word begins to develop in us the character of Jesus so that we can love more and we can be more patient and more faithful and committed to the things that we need to be committed to, Lord. We thank you that you are doing a work in us and, Lord, so that, Lord, through us you can do your work that you want to do. We bless you today. Give you all the praise and glory. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> we talked about serving last week. And one of the things that we really emphasize, I try to emphasize, is that this, that the greatest position or title in the kingdom of God is a servant. 
There's nothing higher. Come on, there's nothing lower. People think you start from the bottom, work your way up. But how many know being a servant in the kingdom is the starting point and the end game for every believer? And so we talked about that and we talked about some things <coughs> about serving. We talked about the gifts and we'll talk about that next week about the gifts and positions and titles and all those things. But gifts tend to be unique. We, we think gifts are unique, but serving is common and servanthood is common. And we gave some false concepts <coughs> of success in ministry when it comes to serving. We also talked about ways that we can apply um, the ministry of serving and how we do that. <coughs> Excuse me, but I want to talk about the principles and keys of serving. We started out with four last week. We'll talk about a few more this week. We talked about number one, number two. I'm going to throw those together. <clears throat> we serve when we know we should. We serve when our reputation might suffer. How many know that's important, isn't it? We serve when our reputation might suffer. See, because we said pride is the enemy of serving, isn't it? Pride is the enemy of serving. And um, I like what T.F. Tenney said years ago. <clears throat> he said, we're never more like the devil than when we want to seek glory for ourselves. And so we don't do it because um, we do it, you know, our reputation might suffer. We put that on the line. But the recognition, and the Bible teaches us this, the recognition and the gratitude from other people can be as addictive as any other drug. It can be something that we live for. We want the approval of others. We want the, the uh, recognition of others. How many know that gets addictive? And it's not good, is it? Because it creates in us a pride. And so we want to avoid those things. But then we talked about serving so that your reputation doesn't improve. <laughs> you serve so your reputation doesn't improve. That's what we read today about Jesus <clears throat> and excuse me, the way he felt about his reputation. And all, uh, fourthly, we said that we serve until it doesn't bother you anymore. You serve until it doesn't bother you. And uh, so I love this, this text in Philippians because it really just gives, as we talked about Jesus' mentality when he was on the earth, his ministry and his mission. And uh, I love that about the Lord. <clears throat> so let's just continue on here and talk about the ministry of service. Number five, if you're taking notes, and we need to serve but not on our own terms. We serve, but not on our own terms. In Philippians chapter 2, we're right there. As we said, in verse 2 and 4, it says this in the NIV. Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Then he begins to talk about our text, and he talks about how Jesus was like that. Then he, after that, in verses, it says that Jesus <coughs> excuse me, was highly exalt, exalted. Uh, I'm going to get through this today. Pray for me. And, um, <coughs> but so <coughs> we serve, but not on our own terms. So I believe that sometimes we serve others based on how we want to be served. Now, how many of you know that's not wrong? It's just very weak. <laughs> And I think that there's another flavor. We talked about a few things about pride last week, but another flavor of pride is doing things only that we like to do. So doing things that will benefit us or doing things that will, will cost, won't cost us anything. How many know that's in our lower nature? We like to do those things. We like to do things that are in our own interest, our own personal hobbies, our own people that like what we like, then maybe we'll serve them. And then how many know it's, it's wrong to serve other people because you want them to serve you back that way? That's not the golden rule, by the way. That's not the golden rule. <laughs> The golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It doesn't say serve other people because you expect them to serve you the same way. Amen. That's not how it works. 
And so I, I think it's important to understand that. See, God's terms of serving is this. In Galatians 5.13, we'll read it later. It says that by love, serve one another. That's his terms. And we don't serve our own terms. We serve on his terms. How many believe that? We serve other people based on God's terms. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, I love this verse. It says, in response to all that God has done for us, let us hold uh, or let us unto uh, do unto each other in being helpful and kind to each other and doing good. And so let us I'm sorry, it says let us outdo each other. So we have to outdo each other in doing good based on what God has done for us. How many believe that a love for God is the motivation for serving other people? That's where obedience comes from. It just comes from that motivation of loving God because because we just want to serve God, we want to love God, and that's how we serve other people. The sixth thing is, is that I want to share today is that uh, how we serve and, excuse me, in the ministry of service is we serve in ways that are common. How many believe that you, there's just basic ways that we can serve every day? You don't have to pray for three hours to ask the Lord to show you how to serve others. How many know there's just basic ways to serve? In Mark chapter 9, verse 41, this is very important and very interesting Jesus said this, he said, anyone who gives you a cup of cold water in my name because you belong to Christ will certainly not lose his reward. Jesus talked about people who serve in basic ways, in common ways. Now, giving somebody a cup of cold water, it was a very dry and arid place in Israel. And how many know it gets hot over there? And so it was very, um, everybody needed a cup of cold water. Everybody wanted cold water. When you went to somebody's house, it was very common, it was very common practice that you had to serve your guests cold water, you would wash their feet, put oil on their head, things like that. You blessed them and you did kind things for them. That was very common, especially if you had a lot of money and servants and things. In fact, how many remember when Jesus rebuked people, the religious leader, because he went to their house for dinner and they didn't wash his feet? They didn't anoint his head. Why? Because that was common to do. You were just expected to do those things. How many know we can serve in ways that are common? Right? And we don't need to, like I said, pray for hours and hours and hours. And you know what's amazing? Some people will travel halfway around the world, go to a, and serve in another culture, and yet not serve in the needs around them in their neighborhood. They're always looking for, oh, it's in Africa. If I can go to, you know, Central America, South and Central America, oh my word, all those needs over there. How many know we, we miss ways that are common? Jesus teaches us, look around you, there's ways to serve that are very common. Amen. And it's great to travel. It's awesome. But how many know there's so many needs around us today? Amen. And so <clears throat> when Jesus talked also about offering a cup of cold water, I want you to notice that he actually, we had this encounter in, with, in Samaria with a woman at the well. Thank you. All right, Michael's great. He knows exactly what I need based on listening to my wife. No, I'm just kidding. I saw, I saw that exchange. Okay, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm going to drink water. I'm just not a water-drinking preacher. Anyways, <clears throat> I'll try. <clears throat> I'll try. Um, and so how many know that? We need, to, we need to do those things. And so when Jesus said, offer a cup of cold water, <laughs> I'm speaking of water right now. This is so crazy. <clears throat> this is so prophetic. Anyways, um, so... Jesus uh, really had this encounter with this woman at the well. What's the first thing he asked her? Can I have a drink of water? Because it was common to serve people water at the well and serve people, you know, and so she was one that served. And how many know that that simple question, can I have a drink of water, opened her heart up to the gospel? This is the key right here. 
When you serve in ways that are common, it opens people's hearts up for the gospel. When you try to be, you know, something so terrific and so amazing and do all these things. How many know the Bible teaches us we just need to feed people that are hungry, clothe people that need it, shelter people. Come on, entertain, you know, people that are strangers. All these things. These are simple, common ways that we can serve. We serve and we minister to the poor. And, you know, there's other things that we can do. We can pick up trash. We can mop. We can all these things. How many know that works at home and that also works at your job? Well, they pay somebody to do that, so I'll leave the break room a mess. How many know to serve is to do something that's not expected, but yet it's needed? And so we can, we can serve in ways that are common. We can be courteous and considerate of other people and listen to others. I've noticed in, in just a few last months of going to the store, wherever I'm at, people just miss being really considerate with other people and kind to other people. How many know when you stand there and, and you're in traffic or something and you let all these cars by, you know, and you're thinking, man, I was just being kind. Well, nobody waves and says thank you or, you know, whatever. And uh, I've had people almost run me over in the grocery store because they had to get to that item and I was in their way. And then they don't apologize on top of that. And then they get mad at you if you say anything. How dare you get in my way? You know, so we need to just serve in ways that are common. You know, listening to others and, and talking to other people just ways in common. So, and here's one of the things I've noticed is that today we're caught up in what I call shiny humanitarian works. What do I mean by that? That means that we're into those sparkling, amazing, over-the-top, one-in-a-million, viral video acts of service. But how many know that's what Jesus did? He didn't do that. Jesus wasn't into those things. He was into serving ways that are common and ways that are just that are needful. See, our lower nature, as we talked about last week, it suffers from a couple things. Last week we said, you know, that we suffer from having that rock star mentality. And we also suffer from having a superhero complex. We just feel that we just need to be served and we are the guys and we're the people, right? Come on. And we're not looking for those. We're looking for those, I'm going to save a bus full of children. No. But we need to say, you know, serve in ways that are just very common. And so I want to encourage you to do that today. And I want to just encourage you also is that it's important that we seek really the simple ways, the important, more important things that touch people's lives where God is placed around us. Thank God yesterday we had the uh, kind of a privilege and, and the youth group went and we, um, they served yesterday uh, in, uh, on Catherine Street, our neighborhood there by the OC and... Um, there were some opportunities to really pray for people and talk to people. And uh, I'm really thankful for that. And so thank God for the youth group doing that. <clears throat> and it's not boasting about them. It's just that, how many know, it just gives a testimony of Jesus Christ. And so these are simple ways that touch people's lives. And it's amazing um, just going in and talking to these people yesterday or just being working at their, their house, you know, that they'll open up. A woman opened up and said that her mother just passed away in April and she hasn't been able to sleep since. You know, and she was, you know, struggling with getting a good night's rest. And see what I'm saying? People just open up. And so I think it's important to do those things. Amen. So now there, there's places in the church that we create and areas in the church that we create to serve. But I want you to know something that you are, there's an expected role as a Christian to serve in the body of Christ. Did you know that? That there is an expected role that God puts on our lives that we are to serve in the body of Christ? Well, I can't, I'm, I'm going to want, I'm, the church, they just need to create all these serving places for me. And I, <clears throat> I'm not going to go to that church if they don't have the right place for me and position for me. How many know, you know, this, we can do all we can as a church, but really individually we need to be acting in that role as we're called as the body of Christ to serve. We, we can create those areas of evangelism, but all of us are called to win the lost. 
We can create those areas of service in the church, but all of us are called to serve one another. And so sometimes it's just a common, simple ways. <clears throat> and I just was so encouraged when I thought about this, that life is about the simple things, or the little things, more than it's about the big things. In fact, someone said that your character is the sum of all the millions of tiny decisions you make on a daily basis. And based on those decisions, they reveal what you're committed to. And so it's those little things that we think about and we do in life that really shape our character. How many believe that? And so it's those common things and those little things and it's just basic things. You know, someone asked a question and said, is a man married after 10 years because of the wedding ceremony that only lasted a single day? Or is he married and committed to that one because of the 365 days out of the year that he remains committed to his wife? Amen. It's those daily decisions, isn't it? <clears throat> those daily things that we're looking for. And so this also means something, I want to throw this out, is that we need to serve with priority. What does that mean? It means this, I believe, and I'm going to explain myself, but the best I can, and, and we need to serve with priority. And uh, not just throwing your money at people or just, you know, just being ridiculous about that and letting people abuse you and walk all over you. <clears throat> but it means this, it means not just serving because it's important, but in your serving, have priorities. Let me explain. There's a lot of people that would rather have their greeds met than their needs met. There's a, I'm telling you, I'm, I've, I've met them and I've, I'm, I've did it. I've, you know, I've tried to serve them and be kind, take them groceries and do all those things. And I found out that there's people that would rather have a new phone than meat in their freezer. I mean, no, the priorities aren't really good. So we're not going to really serve and be ridiculous about it. We're going to have some priorities in their serving. You know, I believe that some people would rather have cigarettes and alcohol rather than helping their kids get nice clothes and a good education or furniture for the room. Right? I mean, listen, a 70-inch TV and a 30,000 boat really isn't priority sometimes. There's some people believe that. They believe that I have to have an Xbox even though I can't, have, you know, I, I can't even have a job. I don't even, can't even put food in my refrigerator or whatever. I've got to have an Xbox. How many know we've got to have priority in our serving? Amen. If Brother Rick was here, he would say amen. Amen. Him and I have conversations like that all the time. Amen. Seven, the, the seventh thing that is really important. We serve when we have the freedom to do otherwise. Serve when you have the freedom to do otherwise. Galatians 5.13, <clears throat> as I mentioned earlier, it says this. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Serve one another humbly in love. How many know there's many situations in life that I can serve or I can withhold my service and I still don't look bad? <laughs> right? I can withhold service from people. I can withhold goodness. I can do all these things and I still don't look bad in front of other people. How many know? But, but you know, I wish that humility was optional. But it's not, is it? And there's so many times that uh, we often, we don't feel like serving. And, and, and if we had a choice every single time, if it was up to us, we would probably take the selfish route every single time. We wouldn't do that, right? That's in our nature. We don't want to do those things. But how many of the Bible says that we've got to do those? We've got to walk in humility. We've got to do these things that <laughs> when we serve, amen, when we have the freedom to do otherwise. Because there's something that happens Character is developed in our lives when we have a freedom to do something, yet we choose the humble road. We choose to serve other people first. Come on, how many know that? believe that? I believe that. And so serving when you could do something else is a quality. It's called willingness. 
When you serve, when you could do something else, it's called willingness. Willingness is simply offering myself joyfully or cheerfully and willingly. That's what it means. And so it's just willingly. How many know God sometimes will test you just to see if you're willing to go? Yes, He will. Yes, He will. Amen. And the Bible says in Isaiah, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. It starts with willingness, doesn't it? How many know it's, it's great to say, Lord, I'm willing on your couch. But God's saying, really, are you willing? And God will bring you to the place that sometimes you say, well, I'm willing to do this and I'm willing to do that. And God will lead you to the place that are you really willing to do it? How many have ever been there with the Lord? Amen. He brought you to that place that you really wanted to see if you were willing. Notice the word freedom here because freedom speaks of choice. When you talk about freedom, you have freedom to do this and serve, you know, as Galatians says, excuse me, we've been called to be free. Don't use your freedom for, uh, you know, the flesh. How many of that's a choice, isn't it? Freedom carries a choice. And so there's really, I just want to just share a little bit about this because there's nothing that hinders good choices like laziness. Laziness actually hinders good choices in life. Let me explain. So I, I believe that one of the, one of the first things and, and qualities we talk about, you know, when we're talking about a family and, and, and you know, we're talking about raising children. And uh, <clears throat> by the way, I want to share this in a couple weeks. But that is one of the most important qualities that we can have in ministry is a strong work ethic. Okay? It's very important. And I feel that God is putting in our hands River Valley Mission to help people and to teach people about work ethics and how to work and be good workers. How many know we need that in our culture today? When young people need that. Young, you know, kids need that. And so we're going to be sharing that about the importance of work and the blessings of work. One guy told me that the curse that came on Adam was work. I said, no, nope, I think you need to read your Bible again. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So, but, but one of the most important things is a strong work ethic when it comes to ministry. Because there's a lot of people that you and I know that they're very talented, but they don't have a strong work ethic. And so all they have is a talent. They don't have anything else. They'll never be able to, to accomplish anything because they don't have a good work ethic. But after pride, after pride, laziness can be the greatest uh, really enemy of serving. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 13, <clears throat> that a lazy man is full of excuses. He'll always give you an excuse why he can't serve. Give you an excuse why he can't show up. Give you the boss an excuse why he doesn't want to come to work. Why he doesn't want to do this. Why he doesn't want to do that. I mean, a lazy man, the Bible says, is full of good excuses. They're good, by the way. They're not bad. They're good excuses, you know. Uh, my dog ran away and, and, you know, my cat's sick. I mean, those are good excuses. Amen. But after pride, we, we see these things. And so, you know, people eliminate good choices with this phrase, I don't want to. When you begin to say, I don't want to, Lord, I don't want to do that. I don't want to reach out. I don't want to extend myself. I don't want to go beyond my reputation. I don't want to do these things. How many know you're just eliminating good choices in your life? You're eliminating great opportunities that God is creating in your life. In fact, Jesus taught us, and he said in the Bible, he talked about a servant, and this is what he said, <clears throat> that an unprofitable servant, remember that? In Matthew 25, he said there's an unprofitable servant is a person that does just enough to get by. They'll just, just lift their pinky enough so that they can get a paycheck. Just do enough so I can get by. I'll do just enough so that people will say, okay, how many know parents are like that with their kids? You got to get after them, get after them, get after them, and they clean the room just enough to get by. But they don't do exactly what they need to do, right? 
And that's an unprofitable servant. And so, number eight, we, we serve with sincerity. And I like this one because it's so, so good. It really touches home here. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Be completely humble. <clears throat> also, in Romans chapter 12, it's, it's very interesting, this uh, scripture. It says, love without dissimulation. Now, we don't we use that word. We're not familiar with that word, dissimulation. We don't go around saying that a whole lot. But that word simply means love without w- insincerity, with nothing fake, with nothing phony. Love without dissimulation. Love in, in a way that people know it's genuine, it's true, it's sincere. How many know God's looking for a sincere service, right? Amen. See, the worst kind of service, I believe, I believe the worst kind of service is that service that's done with a fake smile and a real attitude. I mean, no, right? And listen, if you do fake service, you get fake results. That's Jesus trying to teach us. If you're fake about it, if you're really not sincere about it, if you're just doing it because you're not, you know, I don't want to get in trouble, you don't want to look bad, you know, your wife's nagging you, uh, things like that, right? We do those things, and how many know that's fake? It's not real. We've got to do it in sincerity. But there's another principle here that I want to share because I feel like this is where we tend to go and we default as far as our human nature. And I just wanted to say that, first of all, we have to understand that our core motivation for serving has got to be sincerely seeking the good of others for the glory of God. That has to be our core motivation. But let me just say this, because there's times when when we've got to serve when we don't feel like it, but how many know this shouldn't be a regular practice? I mean, it'd be terrible for your wife to say, you know what, I don't feel like telling you today, but I'll just tell you I love you. But then you wake up tomorrow and she says the same thing. And the next day, how many know that just will get really irritating fast? You shouldn't live that way, should you, in your marriage? Well, you shouldn't live that way in your life, in your Christian life. It shouldn't be a common practice where you're like, well, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it. How many know that shouldn't be a regular practice? That should be just every once in a while. And every, you know, if you come into church and say, well, I don't feel like worshiping today. I just don't feel like it today. And every Sunday you say that. How many know something's going to be wrong in your relationship? You're not going to feel joy and peace and and all these things in a great relationship with the Lord, something's going to, you're going to struggle, right? Something you can say could be wrong. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, I like this. He says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I like that. Amen. That's a good lesson for your kids to learn, isn't it? Vacuum without making noise. You know, the disgruntled noise. All right, that's a, good, that's a good principle. And so I think it's important to understand there's going to be times you don't feel like serving. And, of course, God knows that and he understands that. But that shouldn't be a regular practice. It shouldn't be something. And I just want to just throw this out there that you shouldn't. You know, it's fun. It's, it's amazing when we talk about our sensations, our feelings. But you don't serve when you feel. You serve until you feel. The Bible says that because of the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. So he, he didn't just say, I'm going to feel this. I'm gonna, I can't wait till I feel this thing about the cross. I mean, no, we probably wouldn't be here today if Jesus waited till he felt. Amen. He did it because it was obedient. It was what he needed to do. And then the Bible says because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. I like what Eugene Peterson wrote. And he said this. He said, we live in what one writer called the age of sensation. We think that if we don't feel something, there can be no authenticity in doing it. 
But the wisdom of God says something different. It says this, that we can act ourselves into a new way of feeling much quicker than we can feel ourselves into a new way of acting. I mean, no, that's, that's good, isn't it? Amen, and so we do those things. See, false humility really holds another devastating consequence. And that is this, is that we miss out on what God wants to do in our lives when we serve other people. So the warning would be is don't delight in false humility because you'll miss out what God wants to do in your life. You're missing out in the work of God. How many know what I'm talking about? See, that's what false humility does. It, it really, you begin to miss out on the true work that God's looking to do in your heart. How many know God would rather do something in you than for you? Amen. And so when there's false humility there, you completely miss out on what God is trying to do in your life and wants to do in your service to other people and also in their life. And, and you totally miss that out. And see, one of the things about humility, which we talked earlier, it's not just simply helping people. It's not, well, I'm just humbling myself. I'm just humbling people. I'm just serving somebody. It's just not helping someone. We've got to do it with the right motive. It's got to be done in the right heart and the right motive and the proper motive like Jesus. How many know Jesus had the right motive? Let this mind be in you is also Christ Jesus. Why? Because his motive was us. His motive was us getting to him, right? Come on. Is getting redeemed and getting saved. That was his motivation was us. Amen. And so we, we've got to do that with the Lord. Humility is, uh, is such an unpopular thing, but such a powerful thing. Amen. And so when we serve, um, you know, one guy, is, I'm reading a few things. He, he asked this question, really challenged me. And he says, do you serve because of what God has done and will do in your life? Or do you serve because of what people have done and will do in your life? And I think it's important to understand that when we come to the ministry of service and we talk about the ministry of service, it's about what God has done in our lives and what God will do in our lives. And I don't want to miss out on what God is doing in my life. There's so many Christians that skip so many things and, and skip over years and waste years and waste experiences in the Lord because they're not willing to serve. They're not willing to humble themselves or see what God wants to do in their life because they don't feel like it, because they're waiting for a sensation. But how many know when we move out in faith and we, we really allow God to do what He wants to do in our lives? That's really what it's like. When we move out in sensation and feeling and we're waiting to feel. How many know if you sat in your house and waited to feel, go talk to your neighbors, it might be once a year, maybe, at Christmas. Maybe. Go talk to them because they park too close to you. How many know? Right? We don't do that. We just go and we, we act out in faith. And so I want to encourage you in the ministry of service. I've got one more point to cover, but I'd like to do it with you standing on your feet today. Amen. And so when we talk about the ministry of service, we're talking about, <clears throat> I mean, oh, um, the things that we've covered today. And we serve in ways that are common. We serve in, and when we have the freedom to do otherwise. We don't serve on our own terms. How many know I'm talking about? How many believe that, right? We serve with sincerity, but the, the last point I want to just bring today is that we serve like Jesus. That's probably the most important point. We serve like Jesus. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, the reality is that God will never ask us to do something he hasn't already done himself. Can you say amen? And, and the thing about Jesus is he didn't need any credibility. He already had the right to ask us to humble ourselves because he's humbled himself. 
Jesus has that right to say, you need to humble yourself because he humbled himself. How many are thankful that he humbled himself? He did it. He showed us how to do it. This isn't a popular message and this isn't something that's easier. It's, you know, just something that we just kind of, oh yeah, I'm just the greatest servant ever. But it's a principle that every single one of us need in our lives on a daily basis. I'm convinced that the gospel isn't going forth in a lot of people's life, not flowing out of your life because you're not willing to serve. There's some people that just don't want to serve. How many know when you present the gospel to somebody, you're a servant of Jesus Christ? You're not some showman, you're a servant. That's it. Aren't you glad that he's just called us to be servants? You know, I wouldn't want the pressure of being that showman and, and trying to show off for people. We don't need that approval. We need it from God. We've already really got it from God. But I like this about when Jesus teaches us, he says a servant, that's us, is not greater than his master. That's Jesus. We're not above it. We're not above serving. We're not, we're not well, we just, there's different ways that we can, pre no, we're not above it. We're, we've got to serve, and this has got to work in our home. This has got to work in the presence of God in the morning when we wake up. We're just servants. We said, Lord, I just come to you. I didn't come to just rattle off a bunch of stuff and tell you what I know. I'm just here to serve. I'm here to serve in your presence. I'm here to serve in my home. Lord, I want to serve in my job. I want to serve in the church. I want to serve in the world, Lord. I just want to be your servant. I don't want to be somebody that tries to, uh, you know, uh, just fight for position and title and is worried about my reputation. Jesus wasn't worried about his reputation. He just, like, took on the form of a servant. You know how humbling it was for God to take on the form of a servant? Do you know how humbling it was for, God, for Jesus to come from glory and come down in our crummy world and to be clothed with flesh? you know how humbling that must have been for the Lord? But how many know he did it because he loved us? And we're motivated by love, aren't we? We're serving like Jesus because we're motivated like Jesus. And I like what we've learned years ago is that Jesus was into towels, not titles. He was into washing people's. He was not afraid to wash the disciples' feet. He was not ashamed to do that and humble himself. You know why? Because he knew who he was. He knew his purpose. He knew his calling. He knew he was a servant of God. He knew he was there to do what God wanted him to do. And he wasn't ashamed of it. He wasn't afraid of it. He wasn't, listen, he wasn't so proud that he couldn't do it. Come on. Amen. He just knew who he was. When you know who you are, you'll be confident in doing what God wants you to do. The other couple characteristics I love about Jesus is that he, one of the things I, I realized, and, and the other day it just hit me, is that Jesus was this type of person that he served until he finished his work. He didn't just do it one time, but he did it as much as he needed to until, right, come on, until his work was done. He served until the job was done. And I went back to the Old Testament, and I saw in the book of Acts, I went back to the Old Testament, the Bible says in Acts 13 that David served his generation, and then he died. Moses was called the servant of the Lord. Joshua was called the servant of Moses. How many know that's a title that we never lose in our Christian life? It's, it's, not, it's, the, it's the starting point for every Christian. It's the end game for every Christian to be a servant of the Lord. I love when we take communion because really it teaches us that just like Jesus was broken, that bread is broken, His will was broken, and that we can be broken. Amen? How many know you don't have to be broken by sin? You can be broken because of God's love. There's a difference. Amen? And God heals you and brings you in so that your life can be broken for other people. Jesus loved us so much that He died for us. And I like this, that Jesus was a servant to reach us. 
Jesus had to become a servant to reach us. Isn't that amazing? And just like Jesus in His ministry, He became a servant to reach people. And that's what He's asking us to do. Become a servant in order to reach people. No, if I was a ruler, if I was a CEO, if I was a millionaire, I could reach a lot of people. If I was an awesome preacher, if I had a minister, no, be a servant. That's how you reach people. Jesus served to reach us. I thought that was so amazing and it's so humbling, isn't it? That, Lord, you came not as this amazing ruler that everybody wanted you to be, and you didn't come as a, you know, a magician or a, you know, a songwriter and, a, and, and concerts. Lord, you came just, people missed you because you were so humble about it. People looked over you and they didn't consider you. Can anything come from Nazareth? I mean, this is the carpenter's son because of his character of servant. Isn't that amazing? And yet in our human nature, we want to be approved, we want to be accepted, we want to be appraised, we want to be loved, we want to be, we want to be, come on, we want fame, we want riches, and yet Jesus said, go the other way, just be a servant. I know you can be a millionaire and still be a servant, I'm not talking about that. I know you can be poor and be a servant, amen? You don't have to have a whole lot to be a servant for the Lord. And so the question I thought about that would be important for us to ask when we think about this last point is, if the church were like me, what kind of church would it be? Amen. I want to be a servant. I want to be one that loves and, and just absolutely is whatever God wants me to do. Uh, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. I'm not afraid to, to touch people that are sick, to touch people that are in sin, get close to them. Come on, somebody. Amen. I just want to be a servant of Jesus Christ. Lord, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you that you are really just reminding us today of this awesome principle of being a servant. Lord, it works. It works. You wouldn't tell us anything that you didn't do yourself, and you wouldn't tell us anything that didn't work because it works, Lord. It works. There's fruit here. There's, people are changed, Lord. There are families and our homes are made healthy because of this principle. When we serve one another, Lord, your love flows in our homes like never before, like water. It's so amazing, God. Lord, unity is in our church. Love is in our church, in our homes, in our community. Lord, teach us to be servants in the workplace, in our homes, and wherever we find ourselves. It's not like we have to put a show or an act on, Lord. This is who we are. We're just servants. Help us to see the needs around us. Help us to consider the things that are common. Help us to use wisdom, Lord, when we're serving. Lord, that we'll teach other people how to do it right. And we thank you, Lord, that this isn't a one-time deal. This is a lifestyle. This is something that just comes from us on a daily basis, 24-7, all the time. We're just serving. But, Lord, most importantly, there's people here today that really haven't been in your presence for a long time. They haven't really spent time in your word and spent time in prayer. They've been too busy and kind of skipping over it. And, and Lord, I pray that you would just bring them back to a place of simplicity in you just every day, daily relationships, spending time as a servant in your presence, Lord. Let them receive from you afresh and anew the, Lord, the anointing and the power and the grace and the love, Lord, every day being in your presence. It's so amazing. We pray for those people today that, Lord, they would come back, as we sang earlier, come back to the Father. Come back to these principles of just serving, not wanting to be served. God, break this in all of us, this idolatry that's in our culture. I pray that you would just break it if it's in us, Lord. This, this wanting to be number one, wanting to be the best, wanting to be better. We just pray, Lord, you would just teach us to be like Jesus. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...
Amen. If you need prayer today, we certainly are here for you. We do have prayer teams and however you want to do that. But uh, we also have host teams that come around if there's a need in your life. If you're new with us today and just uh, we want you to uh, feel welcome to go in the back and get a, a visitor's card and some coffee. But for the rest of us, can we greet somebody and say, God bless you. Amen. Love you. Good to see you today.